Welcome to Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Hello and welcome to Grown Up Kids. I'm Katie. And I'm Megan. And today we are bringing you a special bonus episode. Yeah, today we're going to discuss our reaction to the brand new Pixar film, Incredibles 2. And I just realized I didn't write a Disney dash, so I'm going to have to wing it. Well... Me yep. either. Yep. All right. Well, first of all, spoilers. Yes, this is not a spoiler-free review. We want to um, give you some Easter eggs, talk about our honest review of the movie, give you a summary of it. So I would highly recommend only listening to this if you've seen the movie. Otherwise, yeah, you're going to be sad because we're going to ruin it all for you. Yeah. I'm not... We're not holding back. Nope. So if you don't want to know what happens in Incredibles 2, wait to listen to this one until you see it. Yeah. Turn us off, go to the theater, buy a ticket, see it. And then come come back. back. Yeah, come back to us. So it's time for the 30-second Disney Dash. (laughs) Would you like to go first? Yeah, I'll just go right in. Okay. Ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Set? So we literally pick up exactly where we left off in Incredibles 1 with the mole guy. I don't remember his name. Um, So then, oh, the underminer. It's in the doc. Then, so um, Violet gets seen by her boyfriend, and then his mind gets erased. And then the Incredibles, like, the superhero program is canceled because they messed everything up. So then they have to go underground again. But then somebody comes to the rescue, and they're out in the open again. And then there's Screenslaver, and the last girl saves it. The end. Hard. I'm not do any better because even though I've seen it multiple times, here. All right, <clears throat> I'm gonna do really. Oh, bad. just so everybody knows, we've seen this movie three times. Yes, three times. Which so. We'll explain. Alrighty, ready? No. Seti. Go go spaghetti! Like Mike said, we pick up right where we left off. We fight the underminer, and then it turns out that supers are super illegal now, and even the program's gone. But there's this other company that wants to bring supers back, and they recruit Elastigirl, and she saves the train, and then we discover the screen slaver, but it's really the bad lady, and, um, yeah. (laughs) I lost everything I was going to (laughs) say. And Jack checks the cool. (laughs) We were both so bad at that. No, we both failed. (laughs) So it's clearly, so much more than what we just said. Clearly there's a lot. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's fresh in our minds, so it's really hard to put it into a concise 30 seconds. But we did see it three times. Once, like, you know, midnight it was, showing, not midnight It was, showing. like, 11 p.m. or, it like, started at 11.30 or something like that. It was a work night. I was exhausted, and I fell asleep halfway through the movie. Literally before, like, I mean, the whole thing. Not because it wasn't good, but just because I was exhausted. Like, she didn't see any of the parts of Edna, anything. So she was like, she fell asleep 
literally before everything started happening. <laughs> like, any plot twist, I missed it. And then we saw it again with my family, because my that family weekend. doesn't mean they're... I mean, we're a Disney family, but we love The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. And then we saw it at the drive-in. Yeah, which, which was, was a really fun experience. That was really the first cool. time I ever went to a drive-in, so... And I hadn't been to a drive-in since, like, Shrek was out, so... <laughs> um, so, our review... Um, I think that it was definitely worth the 14-year wait. Mm-hmm. I wish that, like, they they could have done it in less than 14 years. Right. But... I have a fun fact about that, though. Do you? I do. Um, but I think that the plot was very well thought out. It didn't... Sometimes sequels can seem pieced together and, like... A the, stretch. Right. And then No it, pun intended. It shows you... It shows you character development that you don't necessarily care about sometimes, or it'll focus on the wrong things, and you just feel that it went all wrong, but that is totally not the case with Incredibles. Mm -hmm. So, I'm going to give you a better summary than the 30-second Disney Dash (laughs) so that you can really get an idea of, like, my take on it, at least. So, I loved that it literally picked up exactly where Incredibles 1 left off. Yes. That was really cool. Um, so we see the Underminer. The Underminer. <laughs> the Underminer. Um, and then the Incredibles, at this point, are legal to be superheroes. No, they're, they're not. No, supers are completely illegal. But but I thought at the end of... Okay, I have to see the first Incredibles again. but Because I thought that they were legal at the end of Incredibles. Mm-mm, because in the beginning of this one... Um, they Bob get caught like immediately. Helen are talking to each yeah. other with the kids, and they're like, "Well, supers are illegal. Technically, we were doing wrong." And Bob's like, "No, we weren't." True. Know what I'm saying. So they do stop the underminer. However, all that the public sees with how they stop it is all this destruction that they caused. You know, like it basically destroys the city. Not basically, it does destroy the city. The this massive contraption of his like basically almost goes right into the Capitol building, um, but Frozone and the Incredible Family stop it from happening. Um, however, nobody sees behind the scenes like what's going on. Everybody just sees all this destruction, and then they see the Incredibles getting taken away by the police. Frozone books it out of there in time, but then. <laughs> Gets stopped by somebody who gives him a business card. Um, DevTech. DevTech. And we don't know much of anything about them whenever Frozone takes this card and, like, gets stopped by them. It looks very shady. It does look shady. You're like, oh, this isn't going to be good. But, um, so then the Incredibles get taken by the police and they get questioned, like, well, did you catch the Underminer? Did you stop destruction from happening in the city? And, like, of course, all the answers are no. But in reality, it would have been a lot worse had they not done what they did. Right. But nobody is going to believe that because they don't know the whole story and they're just believing what they want to believe. Um, so it just it reminds me very much of... You know, you need to know the whole story before you can cast judgment on somebody. And um, I liked I liked it. But, in you know, while that's happening, Violet has this love interest. And then her mask falls. Although, 
that kills me because like you couldn't tell that it was Violet even with the mask on. Like she looks the same. The mask makes but, all the difference. Right. So her mask falls off, and then her love interest sees her. Tony. Tony. Um, but you know nobody can know that they're super. So then they they have to wipe Tony's memory. But Violet they go doesn't know a that. Too far. Yeah, they go a little too far and completely take Violet out of his memory. Not just the. Not just the sighting, but, like, everything. So she gets super upset. So basically what happens is they get out of the police. You know, they um, they don't go to jail or anything. It's basically like, okay, we're letting you off. Supers are, like, we're shutting down the program, though. Like, it's not a thing anymore. Can't protect you anymore. Right. So they um, are staying at a, ho- a motel. And then they, Frozone comes by, and he's like, all right, listen, this guy stopped me. They want to talk to all of us. Takes a little bit of convincing to have Helen agree, but oh, she does. Oh, Bob's right on it. Oh, like, yeah, of course. This yeah. is great. Dude sang my theme song. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so they go to DevTech and they hear him out, and it sounds like too good to be true almost. Like, oh, this is the idea. We want to show everybody the whole story. And it really is a good concept. Because, like I said, the only reason I think that, um, you know, it, it the underminer thing looked bad because you didn't know the whole story. However, DevTech's idea is to make sure that the public knows the whole story so they can understand that it would have been worse than that, and they did help the situation. Um, so it's a cool concept, but they don't want Mr. Incredible to be their go-to man. They want Elastigirl to be their go-to woman. Oh, yeah. Which I love that they did that because... It just shows how progressive Pixar likes to be in their films, I think. And I like that... I kind of like that they showed Bob struggling with it. Yes. It was hard for him, but he did it. Right. Like, it upsets me, but it's like, but he did it. He did it. And it's important to show that there is this weird upset. Why? There's a stigma. Right. Um, And... And yeah, I mean, like, it it honestly, it showed the stigma on both male and female Mm -hmm. in terms of the household. Mm -hmm. So, like, they showed Bob's struggle. He couldn't help Dash with his homework. But then, like, finally he figured it out. And he's like, no, I can do this. And then he helps him. Um, You know, he totally ruined everything with Violet because he got Tony's mind erased. So Violet is so pissed at her dad because Mm -hmm. of that. Um, So... Yeah, I thought that I, I just really like how they focused each way. Like, it was nice to see the a family dynamic that wasn't quote the norm, mm-hmm. and it didn't go perfectly, but they showed it because it f- made it feel more real. Mm-hmm. Bob did struggle with Jack Jack. Like, what parent would super? Well, first of all, <laughs> Jack Jack has powers, and like, like okay, like seventeen, not old. just a power like Violet or Dash. He's got like twenty million powers, <laughs> and it's amazing. So, okay, side note: we were at the Disney store with Katie's little sister and her goddaughter, and they had a ton of new Incredibles merchandise, uh, and they had these two like. It was like a box with boxing dolls in it, and one was Jack-Jack and one was a raccoon. And I was like, what the heck is this? <laughs> I'm like, well, that's cute. I mean, but, like, what does it mean? It's basically the funniest scene in the entire movie. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Jack-Jack and a raccoon go at it. 
and it's I love when he bursts into flames and he's just like he's like screaming this babble at this raccoon. And the raccoon's like stuck in a chair and then Jack Jack like lights the chairs on fire and throws them out of the way. So funny. It's great. And he's got laser eyes and he's like can go into Inter- different dimensions. dimensions. Yeah. So and basically, turn to like rubbery goo. Yeah. You know. Jack Jack is multiply. Badass. <laughs> so that's cool. Um Yeah, so then after all of that, then we see Elastigirl. Um she her arch nemesis is the screen slaver. Mm-hmm. Which is an interesting concept. Um Yeah, I actually you know what? There's I like the hidden like the screen slaver is the bad guy. It's actually mm-hmm. a bad woman, but but there's some real truths in what Screen Slaver says. Like you don't, you don't live real life. You watch it all through a screen. Yeah, and you that's, have to watch, that's really true. You have to watch reality TV shows. You can't just go live your life. Right. You have to watch game shows. You like, it's true. Um, you could take a, some good out of the bad there. Yeah, and like Screen Slaver's way of controlling people is through screens, mm-hmm. and he. He, like, has this hypnotic image come on the screen, and it is just very reminiscent of people with TV in general. It, like, sucks you in. Yep. So I it's thought that really, that was... a really, really good metaphor. It is. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm sure speaks, that that was intentional, because everything Pixar does is intentional. It speaks super truths. Like, you ever go out, we'll go out to dinner sometimes, and you'll go and look, and there's a family of four... And all all on, their phone, on their phone. Nobody's talking to each other. Have Have I done it? Yes. I hate when I catch myself doing it. So I try yeah, not I know. to. I'm like, oh, what am I doing? Put this away. It's It's terrible. It's literally an addiction. Yeah, and um, I know that they're putting warnings and stuff in front of the movies now, but yeah. they weren't at first. But there are quite a few like flashy scenes. So that, if you're epileptic. that could potentially trigger seizures and stuff with epilepsy. Yes. Um, and I totally can understand that. I mean, I, I don't have that issue, but it's pretty, it's pretty like intense mm-hmm. flashing lights and, but it looks real and cool. If you don't have that problem and you right. can watch it, like it looks awesome. The fact that that's animation mm-hmm. is just mind blowing to me. I agree. Um, when she has her first fight with the fake screen slaver, the mm-hmm. pizza guy, that room that they're in, yeah, and the whole room is like a revolving That's the hypnotic part screen, blows my amazing. mind. Blows my mind. Yeah. So then, yeah, in the end, we find out that the sister from DevTech is actually screen slaver. I thought it was going to be the guy. So did I. Which I think is me being stereotypical, and I feel bad yes. that I did that. Yes. Um, he just but it was seemed the woman. like he was too overselling. That's what got me. He's thinking. a salesman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I will say though, in the very first scene that we see her, I did somewhat question her a little bit the first time I saw her. Mm-hmm. How she came, she came all rushy in there, and she had all these things, and she was late, and she was just like throwing stuff at the door guy. Scared and of I her. was like, she seems off. Like, I think that there's something up with her. But then I, th- I thought the same thing about her brother. And then it was just like, well, which one of them is it going to be? <laughs> um, right. Because I had a feeling. I was like, this is, like, too good to be true for them, you know? Like, it's not going to end well. 
So, yeah, so the, I can't remember her name. I've seen the movie three times and I can't remember her name. I can't either. That's terrible. I'm going to look it up while you do more. Um, but, so she's screen slaver. And then she ends up controlling, like, all of the supers and turns everybody against them. And then Violet, Jack-Jack, and Dash save the day in the end, pretty much. They end up getting, so it's like these glasses that she puts on them to control them. And um, the kids get the glasses off of all of the adult supers. Jack-Jack actually does it first. To who? To um, Helen. He uses his powers to like lift it off. That's her face. right. He just enough them. for her to be like, oh, oh crap, get these off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And I, Edna in the movie basically like just helps Bob cope with Jack Jack's powers and gives him an outfit with this whole oh my god screen thing to like control because he like can catch fire. So then he there's like this lavender chamomile or something. <laughs> yeah, like solution that puts him out and it's. It's really, I love it. It's such a, by the way, the sister's name is Evelyn. Evelyn. Evelyn Dever and Winston Dever. She bad. It's just such like, it like with Toy Story, they did all the right parts. They did all the right, like pulling from the old and connecting to the new. Mm-hmm. Perfect with this too. Yeah. It was... A great evolution of the story. We picked right back up where we were before. Introduced new characters well Mm -hmm. that fit. It didn't seem too rushed. It was super cool to see Elastigirls take the stage and see um, Mr. Incredible decide, you know, I just really want to be a good dad. I'm going to take the stage at home is what he decides, you know, and I love that. Like, you you obviously know he loves his family, Mm -hmm. but his number one thing is, like, I'm a super, I want to fight bad guys. But now that he's with his kids, he's like, this is okay, too, you know? Like, this is also my place. Like, I think that he does partially use the kids a little bit to get Helen to agree to do the whole super thing. Yeah. (laughs) But deep down, I think he really does believe that. I agree. He's like, you know, we want to make sure that our kids have the opportunity to choose. To yeah, to choose if they want to be supers or not. And right now they're illegal and that's not okay. They should have the choice. So I um <laughs> I do yeah. like when he says, do this thing so I can do it better. And then she hits him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I thought that it had enough, all though. the right amount of plot twists. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like it wasn't super obvious. Like, there was enough of a twist where it caught you off guard, so it was nice. Um, and it wasn't, like, too plot twisty where, like, you can't follow. It was right. just, like... And it definitely... Okay, so, for anybody who doesn't know, Incredibles 2 is rated PG, not G. So, I don't really think that... I mean, it's still a Disney movie, so, like, I think it would be fine for little kids, but, like, they do say damn. They do say hell. The first time, I didn't even hear those. No. The second time, the second I was like, oh, there I, it is. Yeah. But, and, you know, I think, really, they did gear this movie towards the kids' quote from 14 years ago that saw Incredibles. I agree. And they were the ones waiting for this movie. Um, and I think that they really took that into account. And mm-hmm. I appreciate that. And I love it. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Do we want to go over some Easter eggs? Yeah, because these are super fun. I didn't 
We're not going to do all of them. Right. I tried to limit myself. Because we do have an ep- actual episode coming out about this many years down the road. Right. And there's a million things, because I looked it up, so like I know a bunch of them now. And there's other ones that I want to say, but I have to say that. We're going to hold them off. Otherwise, I'm not going to have any. We're going to make later. you wait. Right. I have to make myself wait. Because once we get to Pixar, there's going to be an Easter egg section in each episode. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. So... If anybody doesn't know, John Ratzenberger, who, if you don't know who he is, he's from Cheers. Look him up. Old school. Um, he is in every single Pixar movie in some way or another, starting all the way back with Ham from Toy Story. He's the underminer in this. And he was in the first Incredibles, too. I think that's his only line. I'm the underminer. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, he comes back to reprise his role for this one. Uh, I thought this was kind of cool. Jack-Jack loves Mozart, which mm-hmm. we find out with Edna. And this is actually a callback to the first Incredibles and the short spinoff Jack-Jack Attack, which I've never actually seen. I haven't either. But um, it's about him and Kari, the babysitter. And in the film... Carrie? I think it's Kari. Hmm. I think it's Kari. That's weird. And In my head, I can hear Mrs. Incredible saying it. Or Elastigirl, whatever. Um, but in the film, Kari's saying she'll play Mozart to the sleeping baby to boost his intelligence and creativity. And in this short, it really does help Jack Jack's powers to emerge. So then later with Edna, she plays it and he like kind of gets more in focus to like control mm-hmm. his powers. This is a Easter egg I didn't know about. Apparently in every Pixar film, the A113 appears. No matter what. And that's a reference to the classroom where many of the Pixar founders actually studied. So in this one, it appears when Violet and Tony go on their first date. And on the theater's marquee, there's a movie called Dementia A113. And I did see that, and I wondered why the A was capital. Well, that's why. Because it's supposed to be A113. I didn't know this either. Apparently, The Incredibles is set in the 1960s. I read this fact, and I was like, oh, that makes sense. That's cool. Yeah, and there's, like, evidence because of, like, the technology we see, and there, I guess there's hidden dates throughout the movie, and we also see it because, like, the family's watching Johnny Quest on TV. It's an old <laughs> cartoon. Um, it was pretty weird seeing, like, old-school <laughs> cartoon within an cartoon. animation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, that looks neat. It was kind of cool. It made it feel even, like, more real yeah. in a weird way. It did. Um, and then another it's a different type of animation, so it's like, oh, that right. looks old, <laughs> right? <laughs> and that one is pretty old. Yeah. Um, and then the film that's on TV called The Outer Limits. Fun fact about that: Outer Limits is a sci-fi anthology series known for creepy opening titles that are supposed to take over people's TV screens. So this mm. kind of sh- foreshadows the screenslaver. Yeah, definitely. Another always recurring. Pixar Easter egg is the Pizza Planet truck, but the only movie it doesn't appear in is the first Incredibles. But it appears in this one. I saw on one of the um, websites I grabbed this from that Brad Bird, who is like, I don't know if he's like the producer or the director or whatever for the Incredibles. I don't remember exactly. He was like new to the scene, so like he just didn't do it. But like, what about everybody else in Pixar? Right. They're like, um, this is a thing. You need to make sure this is in there. Right. But in Incredibles 2, they rectify it, and when we see Elastigirl parachuting in her pursuit of the screenslaver, when she lands on the ground, the truck is right beside her. 
I've seen it three times. I still haven't seen it because I forget to Yeah, look. I just didn't pay attention at that moment. Um, the <clears> motel <throat> that the Pars stay at in the beginning, the Safari Inn, is an actual real hotel. It's located in Burbank, California, close to Walt Disney Studios. So, like, now That's I have cool. to stay there. <laughs> it's probably, like, a really cruddy motel. <laughs> I know, right? And last but not least, this is kind of exciting. Um, it's a Pixar tradition for any new release to tease what's coming next. So, for example, in The Incredibles, there was, like, an eyeless version of Doc Hudson for Cars. But Incredibles 2 is a little trickier because it was originally set to release in 2019. It swapped dates with Toy Story 4. So there was going to be this Easter egg about Syndrome saying you're 15 years too late, so, but it's 14 years. Mm. Um, but there still is supposed to be a reference to Toy Story 4, but apparently no one's actually going to know what it is until we see Toy Story 4, so I don't know if it's a new character or something like that, to where like I, we would have no idea. I need to pay attention. So knowing that it's Toy Story 4, I'm going to guess that it's probably a toy. Mm-hmm. So I want to watch it again and really pay attention in Jack-Jack's room. Yeah, that's smart. And see if there's anything that looks obvious that it is, like, placed there. Because, like, I think that... Did Monsters, Inc. come out before Finding Nemo? I think so. Because Nemo... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to have. Because Nemo is in Boo's room. Mm, then yes, absolutely it did. So, but like, and so is the Pixar ball, I think. Mm. And so maybe something else too, but that's really going to bother me. When did Monsters Inc. come out? Oh, well, regardless. It has to, because if you look at the animation, no offense, Monsters Inc., it's not as good as Finding Nemo's animation. You know what I mean? Yeah, because like you're like totally underground. I know ground. You mean underwater? Underwater. <laughs> Nemo, he swims through mud. <laughs> Nemo is swimming out to sea. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> so Monsters Inc. came out in two thousand and one. Two thousand three is Nemo. Three, yeah. So we had no clue when mm. Monsters Inc. first came out. But who they Nemo did. even was? But they did. But he was in Boo's room. This is totally unrelated. But while I was looking up Easter eggs, I found out. That there's a hidden Oswald in Big Hero 6. Ooh. There's like an Oswald sticker like on the ceiling, I think, of his room. It's like real quick and fast. But I thought that was cool because it's Oswald, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. That's all I got, though. I like it. Mm -hmm. So what are our final thoughts on it? It's amazing. Go see it if you haven't. But if you haven't, why are you listening to this? (laughs) Out of 10, what would you rank it? 14. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna inter okay, so I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten. Um, because I think that it's pretty strong to give it a ten out of ten. That seems like I don't wanna go there, you know? But it was incredible, Meg. It was quite incredible. Um, in it was, terms it was too of incredible, <laughs> in terms of like sequels, it's definitely one of the best. Yeah. Um, Toy Story, I Toy Story two and three, I think, for me, 
are me, are better close to my heart sequels man. than this one. I agree. Um, just because that was my movie when I like when I was little. Like I grew up with Toy Story. It came out in ninety five, mm-hmm. so I was five, and it was just like perfect age to like get into it. And I loved. I it. I was convinced my toys were alive. Yeah, same. Convinced. Same. I would try and catch them out of the corner of my eye. I'd peek when yeah, I was in bed. Me too. I would like. When I when I was younger, I pretended like I could write, even though I couldn't. <laughs> and I like had this idea to write this book about how my toys were alive. And I, now looking back, I'm just like, so I was writing Toy Story <laughs> is what was happening. So I was pretending that it was my story. So like to me, Toy Story two and three are just like the top of the top, like the creme de la creme of sequels. But Incredibles 2 is very close behind them. Mm-hmm. Also, like, I feel like Pixar is doing the sequels very well. Like, I really enjoy Finding Dory. I enjoyed Finding Dory. Their I don't sequels, think it's the best, but I enjoyed Finding Dory. Their sequels are just, like, it's almost like you, ex- you go into it expecting one thing, and it takes you another direction in the best way. Yeah, I think that the only movies that they've kind of fallen short on, I would think, are Cars. Yeah. But I think that that was probably a um, (laughs) (laughs) awkward violent pause. Um, No, my God, I'm like really mad that I can't remember his name. But he's like, you know, he was like the head of Pixar, but he just got fired. But not Bob Iger. That's Disney. Why can't I think of his name either? That's going to really tick me off. I can, like, see it appearing in the credits. John? Yeah, maybe. Look it up. I will say, though, Cars 1, I love Cars. So good. Mater, it's like tomato without the t. Mm-hmm. Amazing. You still trying to look this up? John there Lasseter. it is. John Lasseter. So, like, Cars is John Lasseter's baby. Mm-hmm. And he loved it. Probably too much. Mm-hmm. And he just pushed and pushed and pushed for sequels because he's like, oh, this is so great. This is so great. But then it's like, they I haven't seen happen. two and three. I've seen parts of two, but one is phenomenal. But I've only ever heard, like, eh, you don't have to see two and three. But John Lasseter is no longer part of Pixar. So. So we're probably done with cars. Womp womp. I've also never seen planes. No, and but that, that was, was his too. That was also some, and that's crazy because John Lasseter is like, I mean, the ideas that he had. I mean, Wally, he, Nemo. He came up with like, okay, I remember. I think it was when Nemo, or it was either when Nemo or Wally came out. He like did this little interview. It was Wally? Yeah, and he's like, yeah, we sat down like however many years ago, and we came up with six or I think it was like five or six movies, and it was Monsters Inc. Um, Nemo. Finding Nemo, Wally, and Up, Up. And there may have been one more. It was like you know when you. But think it was like Pixar. big ones. Yeah. It was like and like they they came up with all of those ideas in one meeting. So it was like, I mean, he's a genius, but Cars fell short. Yeah. No, Cars is amazing. Cars two and three fell short. Yeah. All Life right. is a highway. I'm gonna ride, ride it, ride it all night <laughs> long. All right. Well, Casey didn't know. 
You can find Grown Up Kids on Podbean, iTunes, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, and TuneIn, and Spotify. Spotify. They finally approved us. So make sure you subscribe on your favorite platform so you can be sure to get our latest episode as soon as it's available. You can also find us on social media. We are on Facebook at Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast, and Twitter and Instagram at Grown Up Kids Pod. And you can head on over to Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Grown Up Kids Pod to gain access to our bonus episodes, Extra Magic Hours. What? E-M-H. <laughs> and those are all going to be direct-to-video movies. So, for example, last week we did Cinderella. So for the next two episodes, we're going to do Cinderella 2 and Cinderella 3. We're going to try and like correlate the direct-to-movies with their sequels, if there are any, and sprinkle in other things in between there whenever we don't have sequels to worry about. Right. And we're going to go back and do like Bambi 2 and... I think there's a Dumbo too. I don't know. There's a there's a handful of odd uh, sequels. So we'll get to them all. It's gonna be fun. And we're also gonna do Disney Channel original movies on Patreon. So which I have like not seen any of them. Johnny Is anyone tsunami. surprised, Katie? That's why I'm doing this. Don't judge. I'm here. I'm showing up. I'm watching the movies. Getting educated. All right. Also, head on over to our Facebook (laughs) discussion group because on the pinned post, it is the document that we have with all of our availability for you to join us on an episode. So head on over to the Facebook group and check out the doc, and then you can email us, message us, comment on the post, let us know what you want to be on, and I'll let you know if it's available. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And lastly, send us your Disney memories. Yes, email them at grownupkidspodcast at gmail.com. It could be any type of Disney memory. It doesn't have to be park-related. Um, so send it to us so it can be read on a future episode. Yeah. And um, thank you so much yeah. for listening. Make sure that you still tune into our regular episode that is coming out on Sunday, mm-hmm. which is Treasure Island. Arr. And don't forget, adults are only kids grown up anyway. All who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future.